0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and it is Tuesday. You know what that means. It is time for power to the pod. It is that time of the week. When you, as Dolphins fans, all congregate, you bring your hottest takes, your most pressing questions, your most insightful ideas, and we pool them all together and we create 30 minutes of sweet, sweet podcast magic together. So all I'm doing is steering the ship today. It's you guys, your questions, your topics. And as always, we will start with the iTunes reviews. I got just a handful, which means it's a big opportunity for the Twitter questions crowd to prosper and thrive. So, without further ado, Dolphins mini camp, mandatory mini camp, starts today on Tuesday. It's a big day. It's a big hurdle. Obviously, media day was yesterday. Everybody on social media saw all the, everybody in their uniforms dancing around and all the cool stuff that's going to play up on the big screens. Let's celebrate with power to the pot. Here we go. First iTunes review comes from DH Fixer. Power of the Pot, five stars. First off, awesome podcast that is must listen for any Dolphins fan. Kai, your analysis is informative. Look forward to every episode here as well as on Draft Dudes. Thanks for your hard work. I really appreciate your listenership on multiple shows. It's uh, it's quite the gig doing multiple podcasts. I will say that it's a lot of talking. Uh, thankfully, over on Draft Dudes, you don't have to just listen to me talk to myself through Galaxy Brain scenarios left and right, like we get sometimes here on Locked On Dolphins. But uh, nevertheless, we have fun with it. My question from DH Fixer. As a fellow Dolphins and Penn State fan, I was ecstatic when Miami drafted Giseki. However, after this year's draft, every day that passes, I get a little more worried the Dolphins are going to let him walk. How do you see this playing out, and do you think he would be worth the money for Miami to re-sign? Bias aside, I think it would be worth it, but love your take on it. Thanks for your time, and P.S. I finally broke down and bought some Bilt Bores, and boy, you weren't kidding. Those are the real deal. Thank you, first of all, thank you for joining the Bilt Bar crowd. But as it pertains To Mike Gusecki and the Miami Dolphins, it certainly feels like we are on uncertain ground here with Mike and his long-term forecast with the team. Uh, I think I would be surprised at this point if Mike gets an extension based on the other investments that were made in the tight end room. Uh, But the other thing to consider here is, is Mike is... Not really a tight end. If you want to get into the classification of Mike Gasecki as a football player, he's more of a slot wide receiver than he is an actual tight end based on his usage and alignment. And the Dolphins, this Dolphins coaching staff has done very well to make sure they are implementing and utilizing Mike Gasecki in a role that is best suited to his skill set. But if you look at the breakdown, Mike Isecki played 623 snaps this season. 122 of those came with his hand in the dirt. 365 of them came in the slot. And he spent more snaps, 133, on the perimeter as an outside wide receiver than he did with his hand in the dirt. So I guess the question is how do you how do you quantify that? And I think unless Gasecki has a monster season this year, like significantly greater than what he's had with Miami thus far, and he's been very good for Miami thus far, but I'm thinking like what Jimmy Graham was for the Saints type of good. Um, then I, I I really don't know. And Jimmy Graham, his second year, he had 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Then he had 292 and nine. And then he had 12, 15, and 16, which led the NFL in touchdowns. And then it was 8, 89, and 10. And then he got traded to Seattle. So I kind of struggle with it, too, and I don't really have a good answer. And I, I just – you look at what the Dolphins brought in at wide receiver. They brought in Will Fuller, who can play on the outside, but Jalen Waddle, his existence as a guy who will take a lot of snaps in the slot – and how to complement that with Mike Gusecki, you don't want to put Mike's hand in the ground because it's not where he wins as a player. So are you going to pay a guy to be a big slot slash pseudo outside possession type receiver? I don't know. And uh, I'm sure when that decision is made one way or another, we will be able to point to um, some logic for either decisions that's made. I think you can make an argument for and against it. Uh, I would hate for the Dolphins to draft a really good talent and let him go, but if it doesn't fit the vision of what building around your quarterback is going to look like, I don't really know how, how those pieces of the puzzle are going to fit together uh, without some concessions and sacrifices being made from personnel usage from other players. Uh, so time will tell. I'm cautiously optimistic that Mike's a part of the puzzle uh, because I do like Mike a lot as a player. Uh, But I do think there are some conflicting usage rates versus what I think this offense is going to try to look like versus what Mike is best implemented as. I hope that makes sense. Uh, Ellie, 89. Hey, Kyle, love the pod. Helps me get through these 10-hour work shifts every day. My question is, who do you think will lead the team in sacks this year? Can Jalen Phillips lead the team in year one? Thanks again. By the way, I'm having my firstborn at the end of the month. Would love a shout-out for him. Ransom Charles and my wife, Holly. First and foremost, congratulations to you and Holly. That is awesome. Obviously, very exciting time. I hope you're prepared for no sleep for quite a while. Uh, My wife just snapped a picture on the baby monitor of me sleeping in the recliner with the baby from the other night. And I think I get more sleep in the recliner trying to get the baby back to sleep, even at six months, than what I get in the actual bed. So it's the sacrifices you make, right? But, uh, Congratulations to Ransom, Charles, and Holly, as well as you, my friend. Uh, who's going to lead the Dolphins in sacks? I think it, again, will be a committee effort. I don't know if you're going to have a guy, even if it is Jalen Phillips, who's going to come through this year and have 12, 13 sacks, anything like that. I think you'll probably see the team leader crack right around where Emmanuel Agba finished last year with 9 or 10. Uh be interested to see if the Dolphins also concede. And, and Drew Rosenhaus has been pretty transparent that Agba would like an extension from the Dolphins going into a contract year. And I bet he would because he's in a contract year and he's due to get paid $7.5 million and he's coming off a career high season last year. I would want a contract extension too. It's smart business by Agba and Rosenhaus. Who ultimately does it? I would like to say Jalen Phillips. But anytime you're betting on a guy who's never taken snaps to be kind of the, the next version of like Chase Young, and, and that, that's a rough transition. So I'll go with Agba again. And if he does, then you're probably looking at either the Dolphins conceding and, and giving an extension or him ultimately being priced out to the point in which the Dolphins are not comfortable and confident uh, with paying him a probably what would be a $17, $18 million a year contract Uh, because that's what Trey Flowers ended up getting after he left the Patriots back in 2019. And Miami was in the running on him until it got to that price point, and they said, whoa, okay, we can scheme pressures for other guys. Thanks, no thanks. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for your classic or daily driver, and you need engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices is the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit RockAuto.com for all your auto parts needs, and write On" in your How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. Switching gears. Twitter questions time. And we got a bunch. Uh, I've tried to highlight with a like if you got a notification that Locked On Finns liked your tweet. Uh, good news. You're probably getting yours red here. Just depends on how long winded some of these answers get. Dave Smith, first question. Sort of a nice problem to have. But as the Dolphins continue to develop good players, who do you see as cornerstones they might prioritize signing in the next couple of years, as to pose to those they have to let walk? You know, before the Tua extension ship sails into harbor. Well, I hope we get to that point with Tua where a extension is a no brainer, right? I don't think we have enough information to to speak confidently. I know we all think know what we would like Tua Tongavaloa to become. I know what we have the what he has the potential to be, but he's still got to go out and do it. Uh, but as far as cornerstones at other position, before you have to worry about a quarterback second contract, I like some of the guys that they have locked in. Uh, Jerome Baker, Jason Sanders, guys from that 2018 class. We've talked a little bit about Mike Gusecki and some of the challenging dynamics that uh, the Dolphins are going to have to navigate as far as him and an extension at the price point that he's probably going to command when you continue to take into account production that we're expecting from Mike moving forward. Uh, other players uh, that I could see the Dolphins locking in, Will Fuller is somebody who uh, you're already committed to paying him 10 to $13 million this year. If he lives up to that, you got to lock him in because that, that speed with Waddle and Fuller over the next several seasons is absolutely brutal for other teams to account for. Uh, so I would be a million percent in favor of giving Will Fuller an extension provided he plays to his physical potential and hopefully stays healthy. Uh, Christian Wilkins is a, a program cornerstone as far as football, the culture, the personality, the passion, the energy, all that. I, I think you pay him, and he is more of a reliable role player as compared to somebody who's going to make a lot of splash plays on his own, so I don't think you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg to keep him in-house. Bernardrick McKinney, Uh, is a little bit of a wild card. I could see him having a role, but I could also see the Dolphins opting to not pay him another big money contract. Obviously he got big money from Houston uh, and he's coming back from injury. So you kind of have to assess uh, what that's going to look like. But, you know, I I really don't see a lot of roadblocks for anybody Miami wants to keep. Uh, Maybe Devontae Parker. He's coming into year seven. Uh, down the road here a little bit, we let this contract play out a little bit. As the Dolphins look to transition, he might be somebody who, uh, is somebody who you part ways with. Uh, I personally don't necessarily see Preston Williams as a slam dunk on this offense with this style of play. Uh, the good news is right now he's super cheap, uh, but he's also been injury prone and, and has trouble staying on the field. So uh, I don't envy the decisions the Dolphins are going to have to make at the wide receiver room. Will wants to know who Miami's most likely pro bowlers are, not including Xavier Howard. So this is this is really rough to think about. So offensive linemen are typically they get in the year after they're deserving to get in. That's just kind of the way it works because it's that position for the Pro Bowl voting is a lot of times more of a popularity contest. So I don't foresee any of the guys on the Dolphins offensive line getting in. Mike Gasecki. Is one. Uh, I do think Will Fuller is another really strong candidate. Agba, if he has another, you know, if he finishes with double digit sacks, that, those are probably the names that are, are at the front of my mind for Pro Bowl candidates. You know, Byron Jones needs to have a little bit of a bounce back uh, from last year to play a little bit more consistently. Jerome Baker, maybe now that he's got paid, people start paying attention. But I would probably go Gasecki, Fuller, and Emmanuel Agba as my three most likely Dolphins to make the Pro Bowl behind Xavier and Howard at this point in time. Jesse, wanted to say happy upcoming Father's Day. Really appreciate that. Uh, how is the dad joke game coming along? It is sh- shameful, uh, to be completely honest. It's so corny. Um... I'll spare you guys. I was going to cook one up, and I'm, I'm going to use my better judgment here. Taylor Zemlicka, where does the birthday cake built bar rank for you? Heck yes. We're talking built bars here on Locked On Dolphins uh, without an ad read, no less. Uh, birthday cake is one of the ones. There's some that I like cold. There's some that I like warm temp- room temperature, and there's some that I like warm. If you haven't tried to heat up a birthday cake built bar yet, warm that thing up in the microwave for just a couple seconds. Let it soften up on you a little bit. It's a life-changing experience. And when I say a life-changing experience, I legitimately mean it will change your life. A warm birthday cake Bar, is right at the top of the list. Tone Toto. Who would you re-sign if you could only re-sign one? Geseki or Agba. Great show as always. Jeez. This is the hot-button topic now. It's making hard... Team-building decisions. <sighs> Gusecki's a younger player. Gusecki has not dealt with the historical injury issues that Emmanuel Agba has had to deal with. Gusecki has put together two really good seasons for the Dolphins as compared to Agba having a career year in 2020 which was the first time since 2016 he managed to play and start all 16 games, and he set career highs in sacks and quarterback hits. Right now, I think Gaseki has the advantage because he has been a little more consistent. He's a younger player. Agba's 27. He'll be 28 this season. And, and I don't know. It, it, it's... It's one of those things where we don't have enough information because this regime has not been in place long enough to really get a feel for how they're going to handle these economics decisions. You see how New England has handled these economics decisions, whether it's trading Jamie Collins, trading Chandler Jones, letting Flowers walk. They don't pay the big money contract to pass rushers a lot of the time. Will the Dolphins adopt that? Because if they will, then it's definitely Gasecki. If the Dolphins are a little bit more willing and receptive to covet uh, the defensive side of the football along the trenches, even though with their scheme, they are going to scheme more pressure looks, then I'd say, you know, just based on Brian Flores and his defensive background, the advantage would go to Agba, especially when you consider uh, the Dolphins have already somewhat positioned to take some losses to the tight end room. It's hard to say. Flip a coin? I know, I just talked a lot there to not give you an answer. I refuse to do it. (laughs) I will not pick. Alejo, uh, build the perfect wide receiver based on the current roster of wide receivers, trait by trait. Uh, Acknowledgements. This is a draft dude's original idea. Um, I am going to do this, but I'm going to do this this week because this is a full show concept and it's a really, really fun Idea, And we've been doing it over at Draft Dudes position by position based on rookies coming out of the 2018, 19, 20, and 21 draft classes. And it's been a blast. Uh, so we're going to holster that for later this week because it opens have 13. So, like, you could legit use every single one. Oh, and you can't duplicate players. So you can only use, for example, Jalen Waddle for one of ten traits. You can only use Devontae Parker for one of ten traits. And once he's used, he's gone. Like, he's off the list. You can't use him anymore. We're going to do this later this week, and we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So make sure you hit subscribe on Locked On Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, as we like to say. Speaking of locked in, if you want to get locked in on the world's most delicious protein bar, Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and these things are delicious. We're talking 100% chocolate, high in protein, low in fat, high in fiber, low in calories. They're keto-friendly. They got 10 plus flavors to choose from right now at the website. And whether you need something for a meal replacement, something post-workout, something for in your nightstand in the middle of the night, something for in your car glove box, you name it, Built Bar can be it because they're versatile, they are delicious, most importantly, and you can take them on the go. Visit BuiltBar.com. You can use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. You can get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC, before the next pitch, the next tip, the next puck drop, you name it. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. You can head over to the website website, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code locked LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Kevin, I'm glad you asked this question. I find the lack of depth at the linebacker position a concern. If Baker were to get hurt, I'm not sure extended Duke-Riley action is a good thing. Any linebackers out there who could provide some good depth To which I would counter this. Some of the better defenses in football right now are not coveting a horde, a gangle, a pod, if you will, of linebackers on the roster because today's game is played in sub. So for the Dolphins, I look at the roster and I ask myself, okay, if things go off the rails, if, for example... Jerome Baker were to go down with an injury, especially Jerome Baker. How would the Dolphins absorb that? Well, think about Jerome Baker and his role in usage. He has gotten better the last few have asked him to play stacked in the A-gaps and playing downhill. He's a little bit more of a space guy. You know who else is space guys? Defensive backs. What do the Dolphins have a ton of, an endless supply, it almost it feels like, of? Defensive backs. So you obviously have Javon Holland and Eric Rowe. You have Brandon Jones. You currently have Clayton Fezlum. I think he, he's probably a likely casualty. And then you have uh, the cor- the nickel corner candidates of Nick Needham, and Justin Coleman, and Noah Bonagani, if he's not playing outside. So if you were to see the Dolphins have Jerome Baker go down, I think there's a couple different ways that you could tackle this. You'd probably see more of... Andrew Van Ginkle in a stack role, a.k.a. off the ball, as well as potentially some more Brennan Scarlett, some more of a Jason Strobridge, some more of a Bernard McKinney on the edge, Vince Beagle. So you'd probably move Van Ginkle back in certain instances and replace him with somebody else on the line of scrimmage. Or alternatively, you can play more dime or nickel, and you can go three safeties. You can go three corners. You can play in dime and have three safeties on the field and three corners. And if Brandon Jones is a guy who you're going to charge with playing around the box, I think he's per- perfectly capable of doing that, to be honest with you. I think that's his best role in the Dolphins secondary. So, Kevin, as much as like I agree with you, you look at behind Jerome Baker— and Bernardrick McKinney, you've got Calvin Munson, Duke Riley, Elan and Roberts, Sam McGuavin. Those are the guys who are, are most prominent on the depth chart at this point in time. I don't know if adding another linebacker to the mix is, is the answer so much as when you consider the Dolphins already play a ton of sub, you either push Van Ginkle back and answer that question that way, or you put Brandon Jones on the field in addition to Another corner, whether it be Justin Coleman, Noah Igbenogany, or Nick Needham. Big Humble. On one of your pods last week, I'm glad you brought this one up too, because this is a a really good talking point. You talked about quarterbacks being taught pure progression on their reads. I'm a dummy. No, you're not. That thought every play was drawn like that. What are some of the alternatives to pure progression reads for quarterbacks? So, I cannot recommend J.T. O'Sullivan and the quarterback school enough if you are hungry and interested in learning more about high-level quarterback play at the college and pro level because J.T. O'Sullivan YouTube channel it's phenomenal he has a couple of uh, courses that it's a one-time fee it's teachable he goes through and he does lectures and some of these videos are 30 minutes long some are five minutes long he diagrams a bunch of stuff Uh, He has a Patreon community in which he's cutting up all 22 and breaking down it from a quarterback's perspective. But JT has a great video on YouTube that's free for consumption. It's about 15 minutes long, and it talks about the different kinds of progressions that exist for quarterbacks. And pure progression is it doesn't matter what the coverage is, doesn't matter what the alignment is, you get up under center, you snap the ball, and you look either to your left or your right, and it's this route is the one. The corner route's the one. And then the mesh coming from left to right is my two. And then the mesh going from right to left is my three. And then I have my check down in the flat over on the left. And you just scan the field from left to right or right to left, depending on what side you're starting. That is pure progression. You can do uh, pure progression with hots or alerts. And this was something that uh, we heard from to Tonga Valo, the, the Dolphins offense when he was in, uh, was a little handcuffed in at times, uh, but effectively, it's you still have your progression reads, but you as the quarterback have the opportunity to get up under center, and if you identify that your receiver in the slot, who's running a go route, is has a really favorable matchup against a backup safety or a safety who who's not really good in coverage, uh, you can make a call or a hand signal, and you can preempt your reads, and identify based on pre-snap alignment and matchups, as long as you're recognizing and diagnosing the defense correctly, that that's where your opportunity is going to be. And you can skip over the progressions and start at a different spot on the field. So that is alert or hot with progressions. So a really good example of that is dagger, which if you're not familiar with dagger, it's typically a route that's targeted at 15 to 18 yards of depth and the slot receiver is running a vertical route, and the receiver to the outside is running a 15 to 18, sometimes a 20-yard in that cuts right underneath that go route from the slot. Well, in the dagger concept, the in route is the number one read in the progression, and that slot who's running that vertical route, he's not in the progression. He is simply running a route to clear out if you got zone coverage he's trying to lift that third defender if you're playing man and you got a safety over the top they're playing two man that go route is designated to occupy that deep safety so that that outside receiver can just beat man coverage at the top of the route and there's nobody who's sitting there to threaten that target but if you're alerting if you have alerts you can alert the go route And you can throw a ball that is otherwise not even in the progression. And then J.T. O'Sullivan refers to pick a side, uh, which is a lot of times you run the same route concept to either side of the field. And you get up under center and you're looking for, okay, where is the space? Where are the vacancies in the coverage? Where are the matchups that I like? If I'm reading that it's man coverage. And you simply pick a side of the field based on what coverage the safety is giving you then that doesn't even get into RPOs. As far as a lot of the pre-snap stuff for RPOs is you have a designed throw to either side of the field or you have a give option. And that is predicated upon the box count versus the safeties. If you get two high safeties, and a lot of teams did this to the Dolphins and we were frustrated, why are the Dolphins continuing to run the ball here? Well, it's because they're running RPOs at a really high clip for Tua Tungvaloa because that was was one of his best concepts and you're getting two high-safety looks, so the rule of thumb is, hand the ball off. The Dolphins did this a lot with, they would run to one side of the field, either a speed out, or sometimes they would go slant-flat or double-slant, depending on what the formation is, and then to the other side of the field, they would go with a stack, and typically it was Jakeem Grant who was lined up in the back position on that stack, and the receiver, who's the point. Is blocking the corner on the line of scrimmage. And if you get really soft coverage, you can pull and throw to Grant, who is simply going to come out of his stance and turn to the quarterback. And it's effectively a a now screen where if you have the numbers, if it's two over two and they're playing soft, you can identify that in the pre snap and understand, okay, the space is to the right. So I'm just going to take the snap. I'm going to override the mesh point, I'm going to override the read, I'm going to override the safety shell, and I'm just going to throw that ball out there and effectively turn it into two-on-two football when we got 10 yards of cushion uh, outside the hashes to the right side of the field. Or alternatively, if you're getting man-to-man coverage and it's a high post safety, so you've loaded the box, you'd probably come down to the double slant side or the slant flat side. And you're looking to, for that slant route to win inside. So a lot of different ways that progressions can work, uh, whether it is RPO concept, uh, any number of different concepts, mesh, dagger, drive, just a couple of examples where if you experience and identify soft spaces in the defense, you can alert and bypass the true progression. Or if you... Trust your quarterback to scan the full field of play, and you trust your offensive lineman to hold up for your quarterback to scan the entire width of the field, which is another issue altogether, which the Dolphins, uh, with their pass protection last year, didn't really have a lot of luxury to trust their line to block for three, three three-and-a-half seconds uh, to scan from left to right. I mean, the Dolphins averaged getting the ball out of their hands in like 2.38 seconds or something like that last year. They got it out quick. It is physically impossible for you to scan full progression, full field progression from right to left or left to right in that short amount of time. Last one comes from Topher with no visuals of Xavier Howard at media day. I'm not worried yet. He says, do you see him holding out tomorrow or today? If you read this on Monday night and yes, I am recording on Monday night. Uh, This will drop a couple hours before midnight, but I'm trying to take care of our friends over across the pond who might want to listen. Um, I'm fascinated to see how the Xavier Howard saga develops here. And if he decides to play ball and arrive at mandatory minicamp, I know there's a report that he's dealing with a minor quad injury right now. Uh, So it might benefit him to avoid getting fined and show up if he's going to get treatment on a quad and just work on the side and do super light work. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to choose to handle that, but – uh, it's been referred to by Jeremy Fowler of ESPN as one of the worst-kept secrets in football that Zavian Howard wants his contract restructured. And, you know, I, I wrote a story about uh, the Dolphins and Zavian Howard and if they should grant his desires for a new contract uh, over the draft network, and, and that had got shared to the Dolphins' Reddit community, and there was a lot of questions that Zavian Howard hasn't even come out and admitted that he wants a, a new contract yet. This is much ado about nothing, uh, which I disagree with. I think you you have seen it from multiple beat reporters. You have seen it from multiple national media personalities. This is uh, Zaven Howard fired his agent at the end of the year. You don't fire your agent for nothing. And you don't, especially, don't hire Dave Cantor to replace him for nothing. He's gearing up to try to negotiate a new deal. And, you know, he's had injury issues. He played 16 games last year, he had 10 interceptions. His value is never going to be higher than it is right now. So I understand from Zabian Howard's perspective why now is the time to try and get that done. He has every right to try and get his money. You only play in the league once. Your shelf life is only so long. Whether or not the Dolphins choose to grant that or not, I don't know. Uh, interesting that you, I mean, you, you saw a lot of players on media day yesterday with the social accounts, but you did not see Xavier Howard. We'll see, because Tuesday is when mandatory attendance starts. We'll see if he shows up. The expectation was that uh, uh, his absence from the OTAs, which were voluntary, was not related to the contract issue. But it's time to put your money where your mouth is. So we'll find out. I'm Kyle Krabs. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Locked on Dolphins, Power to the Pod, another great one in the books. As always, wouldn't expect anything less from you guys. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Fins up. Have a great Tuesday.